What is up? And welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library, 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Semi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are looking back at 2022. For one last time, we're going to be ranking our 10 favorite releases from last year. One more time. I just feel I just have that song constantly going through my head right now. You yeah, ruined think, me for the whole episode. <laughs> no, Daft Punk should be the background of all our episodes. <laughs> um, real quick, real off topic. Ben, you've you've become kind of famous. Um, not really, but in my heart, famous for the t-shirts that you wear on this pod. Yeah. Now I podcast in a shed, which is generally really cold during the winter. So I I can't wear t-shirts. I just always cover them up with hoodies. But I just wanted to say tonight I'm wearing a t-shirt, Ben. From yeah. director Greta Gerwig, I'm ready it. for Barbie, baby, 2023. Dude, I, I can't wait. I wish I would have known. I would have put mine on. We could have had some, you know, synchronicity <sighs> here, but I just have my Marvel shirt on. That's solid. That's pretty yeah. good, you know. And we'll see if a Marvel movie ends up on my top 10 from last year. Oh, tease. I that's like a that. Tease. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good tease. That's a good tease. Well, this episode is kind of a conduit, uh, if you will, to to getting back to the full a24 status of this podcast um we're done talking about the oscars we've talked about them for 12 weeks and and we're good i will say i did tweet out the other day i was like hey here's my 2024 way 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 too early best picture predictions barbie made the list and i'm feeling really good about it so um yeah go follow me on twitter (laughs) at ethan simmy if you if you want to see that but we're done talking about the oscars we're moving on we're going to talk about our favorite our, our top 10 uh, general releases of 2020 does not need to be a best picture nominee does not need to be a 24 in-house could be anything that you want it to be and the next week we're looking ahead to uh 2023 for a 24 mm-hmm. get some heaters coming down the pipeline that we're going to talk about we're going to check out um and to kick off this podcast i i, I just i just want to know because because you and i differ how, yeah. how do you how do you do this how do you how does how does ben lawhorn do his top 10 list I treat it basically like a desert island. Like okay. if I'm going to be stuck somewhere and I get to take 10 movies from 2022, what am I taking with me? I assume we're going to go mm-hmm. over some honorable mentions and realistically, some of my honorable mentions, I do like more than other things that are going to be on here, but maybe they're like too similar or I just feel like I only need one of these kind of movies or whatever. So I, I'm treating it like a desert Island. Like if I'm stuck watching 10 things from this year, what 10 do I want to watch? So that's what I'm, I'm going with. I know you said like you have your list on letterbox. I've refrained from looking at it cause I want to be surprised as much <laughs> nice, as possible. Okay, but good. how about you? How is, how is yours ranked? So I, Generally, and 2023 is the same. So in 2022, I will make a list on Letterboxd. Um, go go follow me on Letterboxd. I think I'm just at Ethan Simi, my handle. Um, and as the year progresses and as I see new releases that come out during the year, I keep like a live ranking. Mm-hmm. And that way I can kind of feel out, you know, how I felt about a movie at the time of the release. Like if it yeah. was, you know, if I did come off of it really hot and I was like, this, this was a great theater experience or whatever it may be. And then the year comes to a close and I do one final Passover. And nice. I generally, I try to lock it on the January 1st of the next year. I try to not touch that oh. rankings list, okay, which I feel like is a, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a tweak that people might not know or might not abide by, but I feel like released in 2022, I keep the list for 2022. I like to keep it in the year, like to keep it in the calendar year because, you know, 
going back over this list, there were a few things where I was like, whoa, I wonder if I should tweet. Like, I wonder if I should tweak that. Like, I remember liking that movie a lot. Yeah. And it didn't make my top 10. So I'm curious. Um, but no, I think it is essentially for me a time capsule of that year in mm-hmm. cinema. Right. I try to keep it in there. What like so we obviously been covering the Oscars for the last ten weeks. Yep. So what are you doing in that case? Are you updating it? Like say you just like Triangle Sadness was a five star for you. Are you updating that list or does it stay locked after January first? Like what you saw in the calendar year stays locked. Lock Damn. it down. Damn. Keep it keep it in the vault. Even wow. if I rewatch, so uh, you'll see. We'll see. We we got some best picture nominees on this top yeah, ten list. Yeah. I will say. I will tease. Um and and you know. That is the case. Now, where I have a tough inner battle, tough mm-hmm. battle for my soul, is when I rate something a, a certain amount of stars, right? So, like, if I give something four stars, yeah. and then I give something else four and a half stars, logically, that should be ahead in my top ten list, yeah. right? Like, I should it should abide by the star ranking. Now, that is not always the case, and I've been getting better at being like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Like I just, you know, stars kind of arbitrary at the end of the day, right? Like it's whatever you feel like. So there could be a couple, you know, that are just like wiggling their way around in the top 10 here that are not necessarily that star ranking. Um, But yeah, I try to keep it. I try to keep it within the year. And so for 2022, I saw 77 2022 releases. And that is how many movies are on my list. Nice. And I I will be honest with you. Last place, number 77, is an A24 film that we did review. It was a bummer. All the stars? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, 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 it's, uh, the sky is everywhere. The sky, and, oh, wow. And Apple yeah. TV Plus, a throwback. Oh, yeah. Not for me. That was rough. That was real rough. <laughs> um, 76, Morbius. So there's okay. that. <laughs> there you go. We know something that's not making it. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Now I've, I've clued you in. Um, so yeah. And and in order to do this 2022 list, we have both agreed that we are using the wide release date of a film. So mm-hmm. a very good example, Marcel the Shell with shoes on technically released at a film festival in 2021. That is what Letterboxd does show. It does use that film festival release date, but it did receive a nationwide release in 2022. We're keeping on the 2022 list. Um, I feel good about that. You feel good about that. We're yeah. all aligned. Yeah. Yeah. We're good to go. Okay. Exciting. Very cool. Ben, you don't keep your list on letterbox. Why not? Why is this not public information? I mean, you know why. <laughs> like I still I still haven't like reviewed Quantum Mania. You know what I mean? Like oh. I'm just sometimes I'm not good at it. Sometimes I'm great. Like if you want me to if you want to go see how I rank the Spider-Man movies, I've got that list. If you want to see my Nolan movies, my Tarantino, like oh, any of that see, I'm stuff, lacking. I don't have I've got list. like the whole MCU, both like the Infinity Saga and then just everything, obviously mm-hmm. other than Quantum Mania, but like sometimes <laughs> I do it, but by the year in my mind, it's like they have a filter for that. Like I'll just like look it up. I'm too lazy to add it to another list. That's fair. Look, I I get uh I try to be really particular and I actually keep two like current year lists. I keep a ranking and then like movies that I watched in 2022. So it doesn't yeah. need or or 2023, whatever the year. So it doesn't need to be released in that year. It's just a movie that I've watched. And I know Letterboxd like tracks that, but sometimes I just like to have my own personal list that I can go back and like not have to sort and do all these weird things with. Um, Speaking of that, though, I just want to shout out our good friend, Flynn Slicker. Yeah. Great guest on the pod. She's fantastic. Runs the socials at Mm Letterboxd. If I can throw out a request 
to Flynn, if you can <laughs> hear these words. Uh, I mean, again, like the thing was Marcel, like I went through all my 2022 uh-huh. movies and I'm looking like all my five, four and a half, four stars, like where's Marcel. But because it got released at that festival in 2021, it shows that that's the release date. It's like not all of us, as much as I wish we were all cool enough to go to these festivals. Like we didn't get to see it till like <laughs> right. the summer of 2022. So yeah. I wish there was a way to like, I don't know, edit this. Like, did, like, did you see at the release or 2022? Cause I'm trying to yeah. make my list. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a silly ask. It's nothing, but uh, if nothing else, Hey Flynn, thanks for coming on. Can't wait to have you back. <laughs> Flynn, you will not be back on this pod until you fix that letterbox <laughs> issue. Okay. Uh, simple as that. Look, here's the other thing. My 2022 list has a movie from a 24 that I was able to see at Sundance that did not release until just a couple of weeks ago in 2023 for A24. So I feel your sentiment. It's like, what do you do? Right. So like I saw a couple of movies at Sundance this year. I've got them. I did not put them in my 2023 ranked list because they are yet to be picked up by a distributor who knows if they're even going to come out this year. And I feel weird being like, yeah, one of my favorite movies of 2022 was something that only a few thousand people saw at Sundance. Yeah, and it's like, yeah oh, exactly. That's rather lame. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out Flynn. Uh, interviewed Willem Dafoe and just it just just chewed up that interview. It was I love so it. awesome to watch. She is now seen before midnight, by the way. So, um, we got to have her back on the pod. We got to do a before trilogy pod, bro. Oh, we got to do it. I would love that. That'd be amazing. I would love it. Give me a before trilogy watch along on the Patreon so you can just see me cry for like seven and a half hours straight. I, I would pay for that. <laughs> I think a lot of people might pay for that. Uh, okay, Ben. Without further ado, let's do it. Let's uh, let's get into this list here. Let's get into this 2022. The top ten of 2022. We're gonna go from ten to one. Yeah. Classic, you know, classic. Uh, keep stringing along fashion here. I. I want you to start. I cool. really, I really, I, I don't know what your list is. I, I'm genuinely like we were texting yesterday and I was like, I can't wait to see your list. It's driving <laughs> me crazy. So I want you to go first. Um, well, my first one is a documentary uh, on Netflix and it's called Stutz. It was oh, uh, by Jonah Hill. Pick. Um, this is a fantastic movie that hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. The premise essentially is Jonah Hill wanted to make a documentary about his therapist and some of the things that he does that he calls his tools and how he, you know, helps people cope with their issues. Jonah digs in a lot to like, you know, when he was making super bad and like, you know, he was just like the largest he's ever been in his life. And that's what the media was talking about all the time and how that affects you. Um, but throughout the process, you know, like the, the stuts that's his last name like he asked jonah questions and jonah's like nope you're the subject i'm not answering whatever and i like i don't want to say too much because so much of it comes in the reveal that comes like you know maybe a third of the way through okay and it really it it just takes a, a a huge like left turn but in the best way possible so you know i'm i'm a big proponent of therapy i think you know everyone's mental health is super important i've been in therapy for years i think it's a fantastic thing so to see a celebrity of note like an a-list celebrity making a documentary focusing on mental health health and therapy like i i just think that's fantastic to use you know, so many, so many people get mad at the Oscars, like, oh, they're politicizing their, you know, their pulpit, like when they win, whatever. It's like, well, this is a great reason to use it, though. Just like yeah. let people know, like, we're we're all doing our best, you know, but like we could all probably use some help. So Stutz, it's on Netflix. I love it. That's going to be my number 10. 
that's a hard recommend for me. That is uh, not within my num- not within my top ten, um, and a little bit further down my twenty twenty two list. But I loved Stutz. I'm so glad that's on your list. I didn't even know that you had seen that movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's an incredible reveal that really um, was some probably some of the most unique. Yeah. filmmaking and storytelling that I've I've ever seen in a documentary. Yeah. And um you know me, people know, I love Jonah Hill. Like that's my dude. I will ride or die for Jonah in Hill. 90s dude. Um in 90s absolutely crushes. So when I found out he was in uh, making stuts, like I was so excited to see him back behind the camera. I think he accomplishes a lot of really important things in that movie. Um and I uh, yeah, that's just a a really really hard recommend. And it's just it's just like sitting on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Yeah. Netflix gave him the bag to make some money. He is in um, You People, which is a new movie for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great in that movie, I think. That movie is bad overall. But, you know, Jonah <laughs> Hill, keep winning, brother. You're doing nice. it. Um, that's a great pick for number 10. Okay, my number 10, I'm going with uh, Jordan Peele's third film, Nope. Nice. Uh, this movie deserved more love at the Oscars. Deserved more love at the box office. It is the modern-day Jaws Jordan Peele was able to accomplish, and I still think about this movie like at least once a week where I'm just like, can I just have like a 60 second conversation with somebody about why Nope is so good? And it is something like Jordan Peele was able to accomplish the human fascination with the unknown, with stardom, Mm -hmm. with attention, with um, everything. He was able to have, you know, homages to old westerns to you know um steven spielberg sci-fi films homages to uh, akira like he was able to do it all he is truly a master filmmaker and i think it was so fascinating and why i liked it so much is because it was a diver- divergence from get out and from us it was yeah. much less horror focused much less heady it still had a lot to say about you know the chase for stardom the chase for fame um and i think there's some really fantastic filmmaking elements and i saw it on imax and it just like blew my mind and when when people were were like not talking about it as one of the best movies of the year i was like frankly a little like oh well maybe i misread like maybe it wasn't as good as i thought and then i and then i was like you know what no fuck no like it was absolutely as good as i thought and um i'm excited jordan peele's next film coming out december 25th 2024 just got announced today Oh, very, right. very cool stuff. I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. Nope. Ends up on my honorable mentions. Um, I kind of had a feeling you would talk about it. Uh, nice. but yeah, I mean, he's created a new, you know, villain, yep. a new monster. Jean jacket is like super rad. That Akira slide so was like, I, so I was sick. the, I was the Leo meme <laughs> in, in my front room when, when she did that. I was like, that's the Akira slide. Ah! Like, like, and I'm sure everyone was, was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, great movie. Daniel Kaluuya, just, I mean, both of them, but just like fantastic performances all the way through. Yeah. And, and the, the last thing I want to say about Nope is if you don't understand it or if like you're, you're failing to maybe like grasp that extra meaning that a lot of people are talking about or, or say that there, that is there. I would recommend rewatching it. I would also um, love to uh, talk to you. So like DM me on Twitter, like, because yeah. there have been people that I have had a very distinct conversation with. And I was like, yeah, Nope was great. Wasn't it? It was like, it's so incredible. And they're like, I didn't get it. It wasn't good. And it's like, mm. oh, um, well, there's a lot to get, like if you're open to it. Um, so I, I think it's a lot smarter than a lot of 
other people think it is. Yeah, I think it's a good call. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Number nine. What Number do you got nine. Then? Here we go. Um, the Batman. Is it the Batman? When's the Batman coming into the list? That's my question. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to be transparent here. I have two cheats on this list, and this is the Unacceptable. first one. This is the first one. Uh, two stand-up specials that I saw this year for the first time okay. that I loved. Uh, the first one is um, Stavros Halkius from, called Live at the Lounge Room. Um, and it's actually just on YouTube. Uh, we just kind of stumbled into it one night and just crying with laughter. Like it was just like some of the nice. best like room work, like crowd work. It was fantastic. Uh, I highly suggest watching that. I think it's just like an hour. It's a solid hour, but um, super funny, super funny dude. Uh, so I checked that out. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, of oh, I have like an established comedian and it's um, Norm MacDonald. And he had nice. a special called Nothing Special, which I believe is also on Netflix. And his is so interesting. It's just so different because he basically just recorded it in his basement in front of an iMac, like just going through his jokes. Uh, they kind of talk about it at the wow. beginning, but um, in, in the summer of 2020, he was supposed to have a procedure that um, kind of got he was supposed to have a procedure that was going to affect his health because people didn't know it, but he was like pretty sick. And so he recorded this special the night before, basically just in case something went wrong. Um, And it's all like just kind of done in one take. Like there's one part where he's like, he's telling a joke and his dog barks and he waits three seconds and then he just like tells the joke again like starts from the <laughs> beginning and it's like someone else would have just like cut that out you know and like yeah. but he's like no i'm just gonna leave it all in there um and it's just super funny norm's got such a unique like sense of humor um and his delivery and everything if you like norm you like him if you don't you don't but i think yeah. you know if if anyone's a fan of conan o'brien this is the best guest he's ever had you could just look up on youtube Norm McDonald, Conan O'Brien, yeah. and just watch all those clips because uh, their their chemistry is amazing. So it was just a very cool special, um, and just knowing everything behind it about him, it ended up like you know being his his last special. So that also kind of adds to it as well. But um, yeah, I just like yeah. you know he doesn't need the crowd. He doesn't need a big room. He's just like, it'd basically be me right now, just like recording a stand up special. That's like essentially all it is, but it's so intimate and just so well done. So I just want to shout out both of those. That's good. That's, I will allow that cheat. Thank that you. is fair. Thank that you. is I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Passable by the board. Uh, you're good to go. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not really a comedy special guy, so I got to add those to my list. I got to, I got to check those out. Um, nice. I think so, so far on our, list 2022 the year of innovative filmmaking right mm-hmm. the, yeah. the year of pushing pushing boundaries of what's possible and what you can do uh i love that that's that's great um all right my number nine is a little movie by a little director called steven spielberg it's called the fablemans don't Whoa. know if you've heard about it okay. um it's on the list pretty good movie it's about you know little little stevie yeah. uh essentially you know we we've talked about it here on the pod we have a whole episode about it go go find it it's a only a handful of episodes back, so I won't talk about it because, um, you know, there's not a lot to say that we haven't already said. I think Steven Spielberg is, you know, one of the best living directors uh, or one of the best directors alive. Like mm-hmm. he he is the guy. And I think that final scene that we get in the Fablemans with uh, David Lynch making that cool cameo and then we get that, you know, restructuring of the horizon line. 
Um, every time I think about it, I'm like, movies, man, fuck yeah. Like, that's so sick. Like, Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg did it again. It's so good. And so, like, it's just great. Um, and I, and I love the Fablemans. And like, looking at this list, I'm like, yeah, I feel, I feel good about that. Like, I just, I feel good about the Fablemans. And I, I have a hunch that we will come back as a society in, in four or five or six years and say, you know what? That movie, a lot better than people thought it was and a lot better than the uh, shutout that it got at the Oscars. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that. It was amazing that how little recognition it got at the awards. Like obviously a lot of nominations, but not a lot of wins. Frightening. Um, my number eight is also a little movie about a little oh, guy. A little tiny guy. Little tiny guy little right tiny, here. Mr. Shell, maybe? Marcel the Shell <laughs> with shoes on. Um, something you and I have talked about multiple times, both on this mm-hmm. podcast and my other one, three films and a podcast. Uh, we said the stop motion. You were on for that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about this again. Like you could listen to us talk about this, but it's just, it's an adorable film. I think it's one of the best uses um, or best examples of like, something that happened on YouTube that translated really well, um, yeah. you know, in, in a different way, like Bo Burnham falls under that, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, he did great on YouTube and now he's like successful. And I think these Marcel shorts really crossed over into a feature film, which was kind of, I don't know, didn't know if it was going to work or not, but I think it did. Um, so yeah, Marcel's going to be my number eight spot. I love that. Yeah. My family loves Marcel. Like I just, it's great. Marcel is so just good. so cute. So he good. is he is the best. I love that that's on the list. Um okay, my my number 8 is a movie that I really wanted to rewatch last night. I didn't have the time because I had to watch a movie for your podcast, good mm-hmm. sir, and I had to watch Succession because season 4 is coming right around the corner and I got to get my rewatch done. <laughs> so I had to power through that. So, I didn't get the chance to rewatch it, but right before we started recording, I did watch the trailer and I said to you, I was like God damn, that trailer still hits. That is still a really good trailer for me. It is a movie that I saw, I believe, in the summer. Um, it did come from Cannes. It is by Park Chan-wook. It is called Decision mm. to Leave. Now, this is another movie that, um, if you haven't seen it, obviously I recommend it. I can't recommend it enough. It is fantastic, and I... I adamantly thought that this would be in contention for best international and best director. Now this movie, the the logline is the closer you look, the harder you fall. If you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll read what it's about real quick. Hey June, a seasoned detective investigates the suspicious death of a man on a mountaintop. Soon he begins to sus- suspect Sal Ray, the deceased's wife while being unsettled by his attraction to her. It is a murder mystery. Okay. It is a it is a love story, and it is some of the most absolutely jaw dropping cinematography I've ever seen in my life. We talk about Christopher Nolan all the time. We talk about Denis Villeneuve with Dune and all of these things that, like, you see on the IMAX screen, you're just like, God damn, that is so incredible. This movie has scenes in it that have just like lived in my head since I've seen it. And I consistently think about them and I'm consistently like, I don't know how he did that. I don't know how it got done. Like, I don't even know where you start to film something like that. And it is so seductive. It is so intriguing. It is so deep that I I absolutely need to rewatch it because I know there's so much that I didn't pick up on the first time. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if, if you're on the fence about it, I recommend at least watching the trailer. There's like a 90 second trailer out there. 
And the whole vibe of the movie is this kind of like seductive lust of Mm. like deciding to leave, deciding to do things in life. Um, I love this movie and it's, it's absolutely a travesty that it didn't get any recognition at the Oscars. I can't believe it. Um, Park Chan-wook is, is a phenomenal director. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I really think this is one of the best movies of 2022. And, and I, you know, I said, nobody was talking about Nope. Actually, nobody's talking about this movie. Nobody, nobody is talking about how good this movie was. It came, I saw it at a local cinema. I was like a changed person for like a couple of days because I just was like, you know, zombified by what I had seen. Mm -hmm. And then like nobody has, nobody's having conversations about it. And it's like, we're all missing a really, really, really good movie. So Decision to Leave is my number eight. It's probably my, maybe my number one, but it's definitely the top three of movies I missed last year that I want to see. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's helped at all by the fact that it's on movie. Like that's the only place you can that's watch a tough, it. That's a tough pickup. Yeah. You know, I feel like if it's on Netflix, if it's on HBO, anything like that. Cause yeah, Park Chan, like the handmaiden is just like one of yeah. the most beautiful films ever. I'd be so curious to see, like if Netflix did pick that up when RRR got picked up, I mean, that thing spiked. People were yeah. watching RRR. They were watching it in their homes. They were re-watching it. This movie is just over two hours long. It is not a three-hour-plus Indian epic. It doesn't have that action. doesn't have that comedy. But it is, you know, you talk about, like, Bong Joon-ho in the South Korean echelon of filmmakers. Yeah. That This is it. This is right next to Parasite for me. This is good stuff. I like that. Yeah, I saw some, you know clips going around about like the special effects and how they pulled stuff off. It's like, well, that's impressive. So I need to check Crazy. that out. Yeah. Gotta watch um, it. All right. You ready for my big cheat? This is the big oh one. Oh my God. I can't, <laughs> you're going two cheats in a row. Unacceptable. No, no, we did Marcel. Oh, we did Marcel. Okay. Well, trust that's me. A, I spaced it out because I knew, I knew you're going to come after me if I did two in a row. Uh, this is essentially my, my horror thriller selection. This is okay. what I'm, I'm thrown out here. So this is like your one genre pick, your one genre film this, with that? Essentially, yeah, but I'm naming okay. a few because like they're just, it was a good <laughs> okay. year for horror. My my one pick, the one I will nominate is Barbarian. Um, Hell love yeah, that brother. Movie. I, again, like I had no clue what to expect in that movie. You know, fucking Incredible. slaps, you know, <laughs> in the words of Ethan, it fucking slaps. Um, but I want to, I want to do some others that kind of go with it. Um, a couple, we covered X and bodies, bodies, bodies. Like those were a ton of fun. And then scream, um, scream five, I guess, technically, um, scream six just came out, but I, I just had to, I want to lump those all together. Obviously the pick is barbarian, but overall it's just like, it was a really good year for horror. Um, I, you know, please don't get mad at me. Anyone who's listening to this, I still haven't seen Pearl and I feel like that would have been God on here. It, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but those are, those are, that's my horror pick is at number seven, basically barbarian, but also X bodies, bodies, bodies and scream. That's good. That's good. I will allow, I will allow that cheat because you are right. 2022, absolutely stellar year for horror thriller. Yeah. Really, really good. I had Pearl at 18. I had bodies at 17. Um, I've got barbarian to 21. So they're all nice. in the mix. They're all in that <laughs> upper division. They're very That's kind of how I felt about it. It's like, these are all really good. I just like, I just, you know, can take one of them. So yeah, Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian's great. And like, that's a great introduction to Jenna Ortega as well. Like in that, in that kind of horror, um, you know, setting. Oh yeah. With X. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I loved 
all of those movies, and I think we got to do Bodies, Bodies, Bodies again on this pod, man. I'm down. It'd be fun. I think, hey, that's such a fun movie. <laughs> uh, okay, number seven. I'm going back to the well. Going back to the Oscars well, man. Oh, yeah. uh, it's got to be done. Triangle of Sadness is okay. my number of seven. Um, I love Triangle of Sadness. I talked. We talked about that movie with Flynn uh, from Letterboxd, and so there's not, not a lot to say. I think, um, you know, the, the theme uh, of Eat the Rich will never not be entertaining to me, mm-hmm. and especially when it is done well and when it is yeah. done with intent, with purpose, over the top, even better. Like, I, I just think this movie has it all. Uh, and I, I think, um, I believe Harris Dickinson, uh, is the lead actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's so good in this movie and, yeah. uh, nobody's talking about it. So, um, that's my theme movies. Nobody's talking about that's, cool. that's but except like was Ennis, nominated for Oscars. So, yeah. you know, other um, than that, though, yeah. other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I really like this movie a lot more than I thought I would. And, um, it ranks higher than some other movies that I, I'm sure people will have a problem with, but you yeah. know what? It's my top 10. I'm yeah. going to do what I want. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. Number six, my, my last one of the bottom half, um, oh, you know, I just talked about scream, which, you know, from the beginning, it's done a great job of like kind of satirizing the horror genre while also kind of being a meta commentary on it. Mm-hmm. And this movie here did that same thing so well but for biopics and I'm going with weird, the Al Yankovic story. Nice. Um, it is just, it was so funny. It was exactly what it needed to be. Like it's a weird Al biopic, you know, like they're parodying it. They're making fun of it. Daniel Radcliffe, who you would never think, you know, would play weird Al just on looks alone. It's just like, he was perfect. He was great. You know, all the dramatic moments of coming up with like my Bologna, you know, it's just like, <laughs> but it's like this like intense background music. It's just yeah. like so cinematic. Like it's hilarious. We get a lot, we have so many great cameos to go to this party. Um, I think at Dr. Demento's house and like the guys from Lonely Islanders, like, you know, Pee Wee yep. Herman and like, there's, there's just like, <laughs> there's so many great examples there. Um, and then I think it's a Evan Rachel. Is she? Yeah. Evan uh, Rachel Wood. Yeah. She's Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Which is also hilarious though, because, you know, Alice said in interviews, like he's only met her once. Like they didn't really have a relationship <laughs> at all, but she plays such a huge part in this movie. And it's just so funny, you know, like the whole premise is that she wants to get the, the Yankovic bump where like he makes a parody <laughs> yeah, so that she becomes bump. popular again. But it's like, that never happened ever, you know, but it, it's so good. And then Rain Wilson is Dr. Demento. It was like, it was, yeah. it was great. Um, and I love Weird Al. I love his music. So I, this was, this was just so much fun. So yeah, weird. The Al Yankovic story is number six. Yeah. There's um there. That movie is really good. I, I think again, another interesting point because this movie um, is free on Roku. If you go to like mm-hmm. Roku.com, you can watch it. Um, I believe it did get a physical media release, but it was like very limited, hard to find kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Um, so probably not enough people saw it. Yeah. I, cannot get enough of Daniel Radcliffe just sending it, just doing mm-hmm. the damn thing. Just like I love it. Choo- choosing a role and just being like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And that's exactly what he does in this movie. And it works so freaking well. He's got the Harry Potter bag. He can do whatever. He can be a <laughs> farting corpse as we've covered on here. <laughs> like he can do anything he wants and playing weird Al is perfect. Yeah. Playing weird Al is so perfect. That movie, I think perfect description. Like it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And quite honestly, like, I think more people just need to be like up for having fun at movies. Yeah. Like, but so, you know, a lot of people now are just like, 
well, is this movie uh, technically proficient and how is the score and, and, and what is the theme and, and all of these things. And it's like, you know what? I had a lot of fun at that movie. I'm going to rate it really high. Exactly. And I think that's great. We're here for escapism, you know, like that's yeah. what, that's what weird is. hundred percent. I, I love that pick. Weird is, is a really fun, fun movie. Okay. Here's my number six. This is, this is the hot ticket, Ben. Okay. This is the big one. All this right. is the big one. You know, uh, I got to get my podium ready. Got to oh, get the shit. mic, tap the mic. Going with the Batman. Number okay. six. All right. All right. You were famously anti the Batman. Um, not a fan of our pats in the, in the Batman. Uh, you wanted more, more Bruce Wayne, right? I, I wanted more Bruce Wayne, less like whispering lines and being <laughs> emo. Like we've all been to hot topic. We all know what like the black <laughs> parade looks like. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need three hours of a movie of this. I strongly disagree. And that's, I love this yeah. film. Um, you got me the 4K Steelbook of I the did. Batman for Christmas and like blew my mind. It's one of the best movies that I own and I the Steelbook is just sublime. Um, obviously, it's about Batman, uh, in yeah. case you didn't know based on the title. That's, that's what I heard. Um, and Robert Pattinson, I think, is, I think is excellent. I love his version of Bruce Wayne. I'm very curious to see what we get in the next Batman from him. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think... Something that this movie does really well, in my opinion, is it does pick up that year one Batman vibe. Like we, mm-hmm. we understand from the very opening minutes that like this, he is new to this. This is a brand new world for him and trying to understand how to protect and take care of Gotham. Incredible Nirvana, uh, needle drop, a, a sublime score from Michael Giacchino. And I will, I will quickly mention, I was able to go to, a Q&A with Michael G. Aquino a couple of weeks ago here in Portland. He came to the city. He showed um, his MCU special presentation, Werewolf by Night, on a big screen at a local theater and then did a Q&A afterwards. I was able to ask him a question um, kind of a, about working with Marvel, but I was also able to let him know like, hey, thanks for putting out such a great score in the Batman and uh, I did that to spite you, Ben. I feel really good about it. <laughs> I, love so. it. I love it. <laughs> um, I love this score. I love the tone. I love the colors. I think that um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman is sexy and really good at what she does and is perfect kind of um, juxtaposition to Batman in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and I think Paul Dano's really unhinged and uh i i love it and i want more of it it's got its problems for sure it's not a perfect superhero film and um so there's that but like i just like this movie a lot i think there's a lot to like i saw it in theaters three times so yeah i like this movie (laughs) i'm just to be clear i'm happy for everyone who likes this movie (laughs) and honestly are you I, I wish nothing more than I loved this movie. Like Super Yaki put out the Robert Pattinson shirt, like in that My Chemical Romance font. Yeah. I bought it because I'm like, dude, this movie looks <laughs> fucking awesome. This is going to be amazing. Like I went in wanting to love it. I want that to be clear. Like <laughs> I, I wanted this to be like my favorite movie of the year, 100%. Yeah. And then I just, I don't know, it just fell so flat for me, unfortunately. But I'm happy for everyone that loves it. I think that's great. That's I'm I'm so sad for you. You know, me you're too, missing man. out. You're missing out. Yeah. I, I have my IMAX the Batman poster. It's right over here, dude. If you we just get, can't see it. If we get some more Bruce in number two, maybe that'll be the tone shift I need. You? Yeah. Okay. It's quite possible. Okay. 
Um, my number five pick, I think visually is just like drastically different from the Batman. <laughs> um, and you know, as slow and stuff as the Batman was, I just feel like I got the need for speed <laughs> at my number five pick and I'm going with Top Gun Maverick. Um, that is insane. You want to know why that's so crazy? Cause that's I, also my number five pick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We Let's can talk go. about it together. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's, it was great. It's one of the best theater experiences I had of the year. It is, uh, you know, it's cheesy to say, but like, this is a movie made for theaters. Like Tom Cruise was right. You can go back and listen to our episode recently um, with Adam mm-hmm. Palcher. We covered it, but you know, as much as we were all questioning Tom, just like, just put it out, dude, put it on Paramount Plus. It's fine. He held strong and, and he was a billion dollars. Right. You know what I mean? Like he proved <laughs> that he was right. Um, and I'm, and you know, in retrospect, I'm super glad he did. So just one of my favorite theater experiences. I'll leave it at that. Go back and listen to our episode. Like we really dive into it quite a bit, but this was so fun. Yeah, man. I, you know, I've said it before on this podcast, Top Gun Maverick fucking rules. Like there's just no, there's no getting around it. Like you mentioned having fun at movies. This is it. This is yeah. the pinnacle of like, let's go and have fun at the movies. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned it here before on the pod, but I was able to see Top Gun Maverick in RPX, which is like Regal premium mm. experience. The, the seats shake. They have their own little speakers. And let me tell you, if that wasn't one of the coolest movie theater experiences of my life, that was awesome. Like I was just so sitting cool. there, I went by myself and it was just like, they're doing the run. They're doing the, the two minute run. And I'm just like, my seat is shaking. And I'm just like, this is fucking awesome. This is great. <laughs> like, I just want to live in this moment forever. Um, yeah. Talk to Maverick, dude. What Fast a, planes, what, dude. What a film. <laughs> it's so fun. So good. Tom, yeah. Tom Cruise has got it still. He's got he it. He does. Yeah. We can't wait for mission possible. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we're on to my number four here. Yeah, dude. That was um, the two birds with one stone right there. Yeah, I like took this. care of business. I don't think this is going to be on your list, but it's definitely on mine. Oh. Um, and I, it kind of plays into the title. That's why I put it here. But my number four is Jackass Forever. Nice. Uh, this was possibly the m- most fun I had watching a movie this year. Like having grown up on this stuff, you know, land speed, CKY, all that kind of shit. And then Jackass, obviously, and just hanging out with these guys. And then to now, you know, kind of be in the relative same age group and just seeing how they're adjusting their lives and introducing new people to it. Obviously, honestly, it's like, it's strangely similar to Top Gun where it's like, let's bring in some new blood, but let's keep the old OGs, you know, and let's kind of mix them together. And it was really kind of fun to see what they did with some of these new people. Um, some of the stunts are just like in, insane. They're um, so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like they tie a dude down and like put honey and like salmon on him and then they release a bear <laughs> into the room with him. Uh, that one where, dude. you know, it's like pitch black and they, I don't know. There's like a, the room of, I think it's like snake. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Even the softball yeah. thrower, just like throwing him oh, right at the nuts. Like, to, what does he do? Is he like pogo sticks onto the guy's he nuts too? Like, oh. there's so much stuff on there. Um, Dave, yeah, England, like, Dave England gets a bucket of uh, like bear cum dumped on him or something. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's like, it's so bad. But like, it, it's, I think this is the kind of movie that, um, I couldn't help but have fun, like feeling like I'm there with them, you know, cause like they, they're doing insane stuff, but they're all having a good time 
in the big picture, you know, the people doing the mm-hmm. stunts, maybe not at the moment, but overall, like everyone there is having a good time and it's fun to just feel like you're hanging out with like old friends. So for me, um, I didn't see it until it, it dropped on Paramount plus, um, okay. I guess it, it came out a little bit, whatever, um, came out like it, early in the year. Yeah, it was super early, but I think it falls into this. I hit up Paramount plus on March 22nd. So, um, yeah, that's when I saw it and I loved it. So Jackass forever. I, I think, uh, I think more people do need to recognize how good Jenkins forever is. Were you able to, um, and we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep it nondescript, but were you able to watch some of the pranks or some of the stunts that were in the, in the credits, in the, uh, perhaps the post-credit scenes? Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that could be done. I didn't know that that was something that the human penis was able <laughs> to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, um, it was kind of nuts. And then they put out like Jackass 4.5, which was a bunch of like unused things uh, as well. And I think that's that might be on Netflix or something for some reason. Wow. But there's so much stuff. Um, the, the dude's dad that they get him like. With the spider. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So good. So, yeah. yeah. Jackass forever. That's a good movie, especially like, yeah, if you just want to like flip something on and have laughs, that is, that is how you do it. Um, and yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters early in the year and that was like pretty much, it kind of felt like, you know, you were on the, on the cusp of like, okay, movies are starting to come back kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to see Jackass forever, uh, being like only a few people in the theater, just literally just like pissing my pants. It was so funny. So and good. and being like, this is great. Like movie theaters are awesome. This is why you come see it's them. It's a great communal experience for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Watching all the crazy stuff <laughs> that they do in that movie. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Okay, my number four could not be further from Jackass Forever. It's a masterpiece. It's a modern day masterpiece. Well. Goes by the name of Babylon. Not okay. sure if you've heard about <laughs> <Okay>. it, <laughs> All right, but yeah. little movie made by Damien Chazelle, starring Margot Margo Robbie, Diego Calva, Brad Pitt. Really good stuff. I love Babylon, and this is my chance to finally kind of talk about Babylon without like doing a whole episode about Babylon. Um, if you're unfamiliar, if you haven't seen it, if if you have been purposefully avoiding it, perhaps like like Ben has. Um, it is a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, tracing the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. It is absolutely off the hinges crazy. The first half an hour is literally just a giant orgy party. Um, don't know how they filmed all of that. Really impressive technical skills. I love the... The, the the nuance and the juxtaposition of having very intimate stories with Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt and Diego Calva and our main characters, all while the craziest, most outlandish things are happening in 1920s Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, Hollywood is being formed. It is a land of depravity, but we get these very personal stories of people hoping for stardom. They move yeah. to Hollywood in hopes that they become famous, that they get to live the Hollywood lives. Um, I mean, the entire final act takes place in a, well, essentially the whole final act takes place in a location called um, LA's asshole by the cracked out Toby Maguire. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's just over three hours. I've got it five stars. I love it. I, I get the steel book in like a couple of days. It shows nice. up. I pre-ordered it on Amazon. 
Um, I listen to the the score all the time. I mean, talk about robbed at the Oscars. Come on, that yeah, what it lost to that? Come on, yeah. What are we doing? Babylon, Babylon <laughs> killed some of my my picks. That's for sure. <laughs> that's how Babylon will go down in your history books. Yeah, Babylon yeah. fucked up my Oscars picks. <laughs> it will for sure. Um, I love that segue here. Uh, my number three pick were the other fuck ups I had at the Oscars. <laughs> uh, and that is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Wow. Um, nice man. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But I, I just, I you're an Elvis diehard so dude, man. Like <laughs> it's crazy. This movie. I just, I love it so much. I think it's, I think it's perfection. I think Baz Luhrmann tells Elvis's story in such a chaotic and crazy way. And it's like perfect. Like I, I think it's done so well. Austin Butler gives a great performance. Obviously Tom Hanks, it's like questionable. <laughs> like it's so, it's just it's weird. Questionable you know best, what I mean? Okay? Like, yeah. It's like, it's crazy that like he also did like Pinocchio and was Geppetto. And we don't know that that was his worst performance last year. Cause like <laughs> Colonel Tom Parker was like kind of rough, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I love Elvis again. You can go back and listen to us talk about it. Like I, I, I could go on and on about that movie, but um, I think, Baz is always a fun storyteller and he takes the story. Um, obviously there's like a, a lot of things to get skipped over, you know, without a doubt, like it's not without its faults, but for what it is, I think it's wonderful. Um, and so that's the first entry into my top three. Wow. That's a good, that's a good poll. And for your top three, it's a good way to start. Yeah. Uh, I knew you ranked Elvis really high. I didn't know you ranked it three. I think that's, I, I, I love that you're true to yourself, Ben. You know, I, I gotta say, you shocked me with Babylon. Like, I have an idea of what your top four oh, are, okay, and I didn't okay. think that would be number four. But well, I'm here's the, to see how this plays out. Here's the thing: one through four, five stars. That's that's yeah. just how 2022 shook out for me. That's so fair. it was, you know, I just it comes down at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's tough. You're gonna make me rethink this list, Ben. Yeah, it's done. It's not it's good. Locked in. <laughs> it's locked in. I can't do this. My number three. Little movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Whoa. You know? Won some Oscars. Won some Oscars. Okay. Uh, did you did you think this was gonna be higher or lower for me? Higher for sure. Oh, okay. You thought you were thinking number one number two? Two. I thought two. Yeah, okay. Fair. That's what I thought. So it wasn't number two for quite a while. It was, I will be honest with you. It was a yeah. number two. And then I did some rewatches for the Oscars and I was like, you know what? I gotta stand I gotta stand firm with what I believe in my heart. Everything Everywhere is by far a more fun watch than my top two are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm pretty sure I, I know where you rank this movie. There's not much to say that hasn't already been said. Uh, this movie just doesn't really get old. I think it has incredible script, incredible score, fantastic acting, uh, insane editing. Like, you yeah. know, it's just, it's the whole package. It's everything that we've talked about. It won all of the awards for a reason. Um, it will forever be remembered as what I believe a very pivotal piece of movie consumption. I'm really mm -hmm. curious to see what happens after this with um, not necessarily just the Academy, but with how movies are made, edited, consumed. Yeah. Um, this has very much that Gen Z, you know, vibe to it, that formula to it very fast, very quick. Um, and something that is designed to be, memefied talked about in 140 characters things like this uh so yeah number number three for me cool 
I like it. Yeah. I, I, before we started, I would have bet that our one and two were the same, but in reverse order. So that's why I'm surprised oh, here is the number see. three. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I did see. not expect that, but yeah, you know, well, expect yeah. the unexpected from me then. Yeah. I guess, uh, number <laughs> two surprises two, in a row. <laughs> number two will wait and cannot start <laughs> without you. So God damn it. Um, <laughs> number two for me is after sun, um, Ooh. which is a movie that just, wrecked my shit like so hard like it's crazy <laughs> that movie is so good um we've talked about it a little bit on here but you know it's something that i saw and when it was done like before i saw it you had declared at the time everything everywhere is still your number one and you're like yep. no this is my number one now and i was just like what the fuck that. you talking about man like that's insane <laughs> get out of here like, with that nonsense hear that, you know <laughs> so i went in watching it knowing that you felt that way and the movie ends and i was like i mean it's good but it's like yeah. wow better than everything everywhere and then as i've stated multiple times on this podcast the next day i started crying at my desk when i think about the movie it's like my god it's so fucking beautiful <laughs> like it's like it's so good it is it's a perfect yeah. movie it is a five-star movie uh so well done charlotte wells like did a, a great job telling this story um, I'll never hear, you know, that queen song again, like the same, Ever like, again. it's just like, it's so good. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to be talking about it later. So I'll let you do most of the talking on it. But after someone was just maybe my biggest surprise of the year where I was just like, I didn't know it was going to do that to me. So that's my number two pick. Paul Mescal. Yeah. I think like that, that movie has it. It's got like the, the indefinable quality of what mm-hmm. just makes a sublime film. You talk about um, directorial debuts. I mean, like, you know, for me, for me, you know, you talk about Orson Welles, you talk about like the pantheon of directorial debuts and all of these iconic movies. Like, I think this goes down. I think this makes yeah. the Hall of Fame. I, I truly do. And After Sun is sublime. I won't say anything else because it's upcoming. It's, yeah. it's on its way. Uh, you were right with my number two. Can't start without me. Can't start without time. Lydia Tarr herself. Yeah. Tar is a modern day masterpiece. And look, it may sound like I throw that word around. I do not. I swear. Okay. I think that Tar is just sublime. I just like, there's just like no words. Like every time I think about Tar, I'm like, wow, this moment, it's kind of oddly enough in the same vein as like a succession for me, where it's like you rewatch it and you're like, Oh my God, this connects to 17 other scenes. Yeah. And she acts this way because of X, Y, and Z. And like she manipulates these people and these things because she thinks she's better than that. And she thinks she can get away. Um, we obviously talked about Tar here on the pod. And so if you want my my deep full thoughts on that, go find the the Tar episode. Um, five stars for me. I I know Michelle Yeoh deserved the Oscar, but I was still I was still fighting hard for Cape Blanchett. I think this was the performance of the year, in my opinion. I think Michelle Yeoh had a better story to go along, had a more well-rounded, more full, kind of encompassed like reason why she needed that award, and yeah. I love that for her. Um, but I think this goes down as like one of the best performances in a movie like this. Um, and you know, for Todd Field to come back, I unfortunately I haven't seen any of his any of his other films, so I need mm-hmm. to. He comes back after 16 years and he just makes fucking tar. And it's like, what have you been doing? Like, why have you been depriving us of Seriously. some of these incredible things in your brain? 
I love tar, part of the tarmy. I got to figure out my tar tattoo, man. Because I oh, have yeah. an everything, everywhere, all at once tattoo. And that's yeah, the I thing. Do. They were switched for a long time. It was everything, everywhere at two, tar at three. And then I rewatched tar and I was like, no, we got to be, we got to be honest with ourselves here. It's tar. Yeah. You're after sun one as well. Yeah. After sun. I got yeah. I to gotta, gotta get these tattoos squared away, dude. I know you don't throw around masterpiece slightly tar, right? After tar? sun. Yep. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I think those are the three you said this past that's, year that are masterpieces. Right. So. That's the holy trinity of yeah. 2022 masterpieces. Totally understandable. <laughs> um, Makes sense. I think, you know, my number one is your number three. I also mm-hmm. feel like this is a masterpiece. Um, just one of the greatest things I've seen in my life. You know, like it, it's it's weird having talked about it for so long. Because it's like, God, like, I like, yeah, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I just yeah. like keep talking about it. Like, you, like I, I kind of get tired of just saying how much I love this movie, but I love this movie. It's when Flynn was on, we talked about our top four and it's the first thing that made me change my top four in Letterboxd. Like I, it's a big it, deal. it was nuts, you know? And even then I was like, is this, yeah, I don't know. Um, again, you can go listen to us talk about it twice. You know, we covered it when yeah. it released and then first also for double best episode picture. we've ever done. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I could spend the next hour talking about it, but I just, <laughs> um, like everything I've talked about from these other nine movies, it felt like there's a, a a snippet of it in everything everywhere, whether it's like the thriller part of it, whether it's like tugging at my heartstrings, whether it's Mm -hmm. like reflecting on yourself, like, or just like goofy stunts, you know what I mean? Like everything is is so dumb, but yeah, everything is in there. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's perfect. Um, but at the same time I get, if someone says it's overrated because it's talked about so much, like I understand that's fine for mm-hmm. me. This is a perfect movie. One of my favorites of all time. So easily my number one. Again, like I think it is a product of the culture for better and for worse. Like mm-hmm. it is definitely, you know, now, especially on TikTok, but um, you know, on Twitter as well, like now it's really cool to, to be like that movie sucks. Yeah. And it's like, Cause it won seven Oscars or cause like everybody's talking about it. Cause like people are represented because people mm. identify like, why does it suck? And then people are just like, nah, it's just, it's just overrated. It's like, well, is it though? So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's very interesting for that movie. And again, like, I don't think the conversation will really ever die down about that film. Like, I think it'll just be continually talked about for yeah. maybe ever. Um, my number one is in fact, after sun, I've seen this movie three times. I saw it two times in the theater. Just cried just cried and cried and cried, cried, and, cried. and saw it at home with molly uh cried some more about the physical edition that a24 just dropped like last week so I, exciting uh i've never bought anything as fast as that right? like, in my life so quick um and you know like i have two young daughters so this movie hits really close to home i'm a young dad i'm only 28 so seeing Paul Mescal play a role like that of a young dad with a daughter who's growing up, like they get mistaken for brother and sister. Um, I'm sure that'll happen at some point in my life with my kids. And although I've heard differing opinions on the kind of storytelling device of using, um, you know, Sophie's point of view for the memories and kind of getting that extra bit in her home and Mm -hmm. really kind of, attaching the two and and kind of pulling that piece together um i think it's extremely effective i don't think it's manipulative in the slightest i think it earns everything that it get that it gets and i went into this not 
knowing essentially like what what I was getting into. I just didn't know where the movie was going. So I think from turn from like those terms, um, it just absolutely obliterated my soul. And when we get the end, when we get the end of like Sophie and and I hear Sophie's baby cry, and it's just like God fucking damn. like <laughs> yeah. we that ah, oh, it's just so unbelievable. Um, I can't wait to see more uh from Charlotte Wells. Truthfully, yeah. honestly, like I just cannot wait to see what she has next. Paul Mescal has absolutely locked up getting an Oscar in the next five years. Like I, I think, I think this starts his campaign of like, okay, in five years, it's the accumulative everything you've done award. Right. Maybe and for I think, gladiator two, who knows? Gladiator two. Let's, let's go. Ridley Scott, best it. director, yeah. 2024, 2025. I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. Um, love this movie. Number one. And it did crack my top 25 of all time. And that feels wrong. It feels mm. like that's not allowed to happen, but it did. And that's what it is. And I just can't get enough of this movie. Gotta so, follow your heart, man. So good. Gotta follow your heart. Uh, okay, Ben, we've done our top 10. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out into the, into the universe here? I'll, I'll just go through them real quick. Don't necessarily need to talk about them, but uh, the menu I thought was great. Turning Thank red you. from Pixar was so wonderful. I really enjoyed the second half of multiverse of madness. Like when Sam Raimi got to be nice. Sam Raimi, okay. I was there for it. Like it was a lot of fun. Um, Fire Island, which is on Hulu, um, is a, a great movie. Uh, just a fantastic story. And then this is legit and probably comes as a bit of surprise to you. The Batman does fall on my list, as does After Yang and Banshees. I need to get my Colin Farrell yes. 3 in here. <laughs> the my feelings on the Batman I've made clear, but basically, like, I love all the villains. Like, mm-hmm. Paul Dano's doing great. John Turturro's doing great and Colin Farrell's like, I can't wait for the penguin series. Cause I was like, going to ask where you at on the penguin series. Like I'm, he was my favorite part of that movie. You know, it's like, honestly, it was like Jeffrey Wright and Pattinson and Kravitz and like, like uh, Andy circus. Like I, so much of that felt miscast <laughs> to me. I just didn't like it, but all the, the villains I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see it. And honestly, after like seeing Banshees too, like I'm here for what's his name doing Joker. It's like, let's see, like he can play yeah, Barry super Kogan. weird. Yeah. Barry. Kogan. Yeah. He can like, he can do weird shit. So like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A lot of thoughts on Joker just in general, but <laughs> I'm curious to see what he does with it. Cause he has to do something different. So yep. I'm curious to see where that goes. So yeah, that those are my, honorable mentions undoubtedly they are picking the best villain of that movie to make a spinoff series obviously and the, the, the one that could have the most longevity for a series yeah. uh and i i think that's wonderful okay a couple of my honorable mentions here um i'm not necessarily like going in order but here is here are things that i think are worth mentioning if you've got a watch list going um you can you can just go on Letterboxd and there's just like one button that says watch list. You can add it to your watch list. Super simple. Write this down in your notes, whatever it may be. Uh, Hustle, really high on my list for 2022. Loved that movie. Cried at that movie. Thought it was way better than I had any, that it had any right to be Adam Sandler in Basketball, man. You just get that guy talking about basketball. He makes a good movie. Yeah. And I, I love that. Um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, I think is is actually really good. Cooper Rafe's sophomore film there. Uh, the Northman, pretty high on my list. That's a movie that like came and went, and Robert Eggers blew like a hundred and fifty million dollars on this movie, and it just got ripped apart at the box office. And 
was really scary for movies for like a yeah. hot second. And it's like, oh my God, like maybe on tours don't get to make things anymore. I think they um, refer to that as shazelling now. I think that's what they call that is when you blow fuck you. hundreds of billions of dollars on a movie. Yeah. You know, as long as the Academy recognizes it, that's all that I care about. You really shazelled it, you know? You really, yeah. It's, we're, we're past shrewd at it. We're under yeah, shazelled it. You really shazelled it. it. Yeah. Um, ambulance. I think more people oh, need to yeah. watch ambulance because Jake Gyllenhaal is just fucking unhinged in that movie and he's screaming about cashmere sweaters at the top of his lungs while holding a machine gun and performing surgery in the back of an ambulance driving through downtown LA. Um, it's immaculate. It yeah. is truthfully really great stuff. Um, and yeah, it starts on my list as well. Um, last one that I wanted to mention is called senior. It is on Netflix. It is a Robert Downey jr. Um, directed mm. biography about Robert Downey senior about his dad and, his his life in cinema and the movies that he's made um, hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. And it's a really touching story about, um, you know, generational storytelling and and being there for your family and, and creating nice. kind of creating a culture and creating a lifestyle, really, of cre- creating, you know, something that lives past you, which I totally think is worth watching. Um, dude, this was fun. We never get to talk about our movies, you know, yeah. like just like this. This was a blast. Yeah, it was cool. Like, I mean, obviously you love going over A24. We're excited to get back into it, but mm-hmm. it's been a nice little break to talk about other things and just stuff that we don't get to talk about at all. So yeah, this was cool. I had a good time. I'm yeah. honestly very curious. Everyone that's listening, I would love to know what your favorite releases were of 2022 because yeah. everyone's got such different tastes. So please like, let us know, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We are at 24 minutes of A24. So follow and review us and, you know, Apple pods, Spotify, we're just, we're everywhere. Uh, we are also speaking of everywhere on YouTube where you Hey-o. can watch us do this um, and just talk to each other. And we're back to our, our old setup of just looking at each other and not sitting next to each <laughs> other. But hey, um, and we, ju- yeah. we just hit 60 subscribers on YouTube. So shout out everybody oh, nice. that subbed to us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you're all the best. That's rad. Yeah. Thank you yeah. guys so much. So yeah, go follow us there. Subscribe there. Um, and I'm, I can't wait to do this next year. Top 10 of 2023 Barbie. Number one, without a doubt. Barbie so, Number yeah, fucking one. Number one Bet on it, it right now. Play this clip back in one year. So <laughs> I will save this clip on a hard drive and it'll just, I'll just label it, you know, three dash 20 dash 2024. Play this clip. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, everyone, thank you for support. Um, I hope you enjoyed all the Oscars coverage, but we're going to get back to a 24 stuff now. So yeah. thank you again. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. Feels good to hear that again. That felt good. That felt really good. good. (laughs) 